Thankfulness can be hard to come by. Circumstances, brokenness, frustration, all get in the way. It can be difficult to see God through the fog. You want to stand firm, knowing God is in control. But you look around and you see chaos. How do you give thanks in such a moment? Truth is, life isn't easy. There's challenges. There's pain. There's heartache. Even though our landscape may change, we serve a God who never changes. But we're in our darkest moment. God promised to never leave us or forsake us. When our faith is shaken to its core, our God remains faithful. The world will ebb and flow. This is certain. But when we run with endurance the race set before us, and we fix our eyes on Jesus, we find thanksgiving. That you saw in the video, we're, we're talking about thanksgiving, amen? And we're not talking about necessarily the holiday of Thanksgiving. We're talking, talking about the concept of giving thanks. And if you really think about it, and if you really look back at the maybe, I'd say the last two or three years, we can think of a whole lot of things that has gone wrong in this world. Amen? Would y'all agree? We can think about a few things, one or two things I can think of that, that have struck this world and in our homes and all of the things. But even in the midst of that, what happened to our thanks? What happened to the ability to say thank you for what we do have, for where we are? And, and even if you think parents in the room, isn't that like the one thing that gets you the most when your kids don't say thank you? Am I the only parent that, that feels some type of way when I don't get a thank you? Okay, I, I thought I was the only one. But some, when, you, when you give that thank you, it does something. And God is so intentional when it comes to giving thanks. It's something that's very core to who he is. And I want you to turn to Luke chapter 17. And we're going to start at verse 12. Because I honestly think that even as we go through life, even when we go through our days, Things just choke the gratitude out of us, if I'm real. We go through situations, we go through circumstances, we have trials, we have tests, we have tribulations, and we somehow forget to say thank you. We forget such a simple two-worded phrase, thank you. We're not even getting into how we react and how we tell people thank you, but even with God, do we say thank you enough? If I were to tell you to write down a list of things 
that has gone wrong in your life or wrong in the world and then write a list of all the things you're thankful for, which list would win? I'll let you think about it for a minute. Which list would win? Or even on the side of thank yous, what are you thankful for? What are some things that you wouldn't even think to put on the list? Because I'm pretty sure there's at least four things that we don't continually give thanks for, at least out of our mouths. The fact that you have breath in your lungs, the fact that God woke you up today is enough to say thank you. Because somebody didn't wake up today. The fact that God has a purpose for your life is enough to say thank you. Because there's some people that believe he don't have anything for them. His goodness is enough to say thank you. His enduring love is enough to say thank you. Now that's four things right there and we haven't even touched on blessings yet. We didn't even touch on the things that he's done for you in your life and the, the financial breakthroughs and all the things. We haven't even gotten to all of that yet. But I wonder are those first four things, the first four things out of your mouth on a daily basis? But that was a question I had to ask myself. Because God doesn't give me anything to talk about that, I'm not, that I don't go through myself. And he had to remind me as I was thinking about this Thanksgiving and, and we've kind of been in this vein of Thanksgiving for a few weeks already. If you were here a few weeks ago, we re-entered the sanctuary in Thanksgiving. PK talked about gratitude when she talked about I serve. We gave testimonies last week prior to Thanksgiving holiday. But it's so wild how we just want to skip through Thanksgiving. We, we've been, if you look at society and culture, we get to this week of Thanksgiving and what's the first thing everybody wants to get to? Black Friday. Food gifts, Christmas, Thanksgiving becomes a day once a year in the end of the year that we celebrate and that we come together with people we kind of don't really want to come together with. Yes and no, if we're really honest, we, we like the family, but to a point we'd be like, okay, time out, I'm ready to go. You get the little tug on the coat, you get the text message like it's time to go because I've, I've taken all the Thanksgiving I can handle. but we literally miss out when it comes to God and Thanksgiving. And I wanna to touch on, like I said, this scripture, and again, it starts at verse 12. And it says, and as he entered into a certain village, this is Jesus, there met him 10 men that were lepers which stood afar off. And, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, everybody say one of them. One of them. One. When he saw that he was healed, he turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. 
And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 that I cleansed? But where are the nine? Thou art not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto them, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. I want to talk about the subject, the power of thanksgiving. Are you the one or the nine? Let's pray. God, I come before you today. I give you all the honor and praise, God, and I say thank you. First, for giving me life today. For The only reason standing here is you. I thank you for what you're about to do in this message. I thank you for what you're about to do for your people. So I step out of the way and allow your Holy Spirit to step in. Help us today as we embrace the power of thanksgiving. Amen. And see, we talked about it earlier. The first thing that we need to give thanks for is the fact that we opened our eyes today. Let, let's start right there with thanksgiving. Because see, regardless of what you saw today, regardless of what you thought, it's a day to give thanks because you woke up. Because see, that means that God still has something for you on this earth. He still has a plan and a purpose for your life. He still has something inside that he wants you to do because he allowed you to wake up today. And Pastor Alicia tapped in on it. I, there shouldn't be anybody or anything that needs to pump and prime you to give thanks. If you didn't realize that from the minute you woke up to the time you went to sleep, if there was nothing, nothing at all, that you could say that, what could I give thanks? Again, we gave four things. The fact that you woke up, opened your eyes, you had breath in your lungs. That's a reason to give thanks. To give thanks is have purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and hope. See, despite all the things going around us in the world, the video talked about it all the chaos, all the strife, all the tests, all the hell that you deal with, can you still give thanks? Because the video said that God is still in control. He still has you. He still kept you. And the fact that you're here means he's still working. Psalms 136 one says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. It didn't say when the chaos stopped, his love endures. It didn't, say the chaos, it didn't say give thanks when he's not good to you. Again, just because he, we haven't gotten the blessings yet. We haven't gotten the gifts yet. You have the gift of life. You have the gift of breath. You have the gift of all the thing purpose in your life. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Because we keep talking about this, this holiday season, everybody wants to get down. Everybody wants to get depressed. Everybody wants to get in their feelings. But we get so deep in the depression and we get so deep in the hurt that we forget to give thanks. When did God say, stop giving me thanks when you, when you feel like it? Because giving thanks is a continual thing. It's a continual motion. It's not just a once a year when the turkey's on the table. It's not just once a year when you eat or once a day when it's, not, it's more. Than, it's not when you just come to church on Sunday. Because if, all, if you really, like we even have to pump and prime to get the worship out of you. 
So what is the level of your thanks? What is the level of your thanksgiving if you even come into the house of God? The fact that you walked in the house is called to give thanksgiving. You have to enter his gates with thanksgiving. You have to understand that his goodness and love endures forever despite what you're dealing with. And I understand we're all dealing with something. Who's not dealing with anything? Please let me know. Who, who doesn't have a struggle right now? A hurt, a habit, or a hang-up, or something. And you still have cause to give thanks. My God. It's such a simple concept. We even teach children to say thank you. And when you think about that, we mentioned it before, like when, when people don't say thank you, what does that do to you? Makes you bitter. Makes you resentful. Makes you, makes you, makes you feel ingratitude. It's like what makes it that we can't simply say thank you? David wrote in Psalms 31, 12, verse 1 through 12, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O my Lord, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks Forever. Do you feel like David felt? Or do you think it's just too, I, I can't do all that. God, I got too much going on. I'm dealing with too much crap. I'm dealing with too many people. I got too much on my shoulders. I don't have time to give you thanks. And I know I won't get a whole lot of agreement on that, but that's really what we think half the time, if we're real honest with each other. Because in this house, we're, we're transparent in this house, so let's be honest. When, when was the last time you th told God, thank you for the breath in your lungs? When was the last time you told him, thank you for giving you a purpose? When was the last time you thanked him for giving you whatever it is that you asked for? Because sometimes we equate God to Santa Claus. Since we're talking about Christmas, we can only give him thanks when we get a gift. And I hope it's the gift that I want. But I'm trying to help you in the understand that Thanksgiving goes beyond a holiday. It goes beyond just gifts. There's so much more in Thanksgiving that God is waiting for you to do. We have to have the mindset of Thanksgiving. We have to have this understanding that despite our circumstances, despite our difficulty, that God is still faithful and he still deserves our thanks. Because here's the thing. What, let me ask the question by a show of hands. What is, who, who in here God has done something for? It could be the littlest thing. It could be the biggest thing. Did you thank him for it? What if he did nothing else for you? What if he gave, what if he didn't answer another prayer? What if he didn't give another breakthrough? What if he didn't give another blessing? Would you still thank him? And there's about three or four people that said yes. But it's about everybody else is like, I, uh, I thought that was the point. No, so you got in love with the gift and not the giver.
you, you're in love with the benefits, but not the originator, the creator of those benefits. Psalm 28, 6, 7 says, it is a cry to God for our mercy, protection, and justice. And then David writes, praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. And we wonder why David is called a man after God's own heart. Because he understood the concept of thanksgiving. Giving thanks. And I want to take it up a notch because we can talk about David, but let's talk about somebody that lost some stuff. Let's talk about Job. Because Job went through a lot. We're not going to get deep, deep into Job, but he went through a lot. And I want you to understand in Job 121, it says this, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. The Lord gave and he take away. And I still praise him. But what if he not just stopped the blessing, what if he took some away? Could you still give him praise? Could you still thank him? In the midst of loss, in the midst of grief, could you still thank him? Because see, what Job realized is he still had life. He still had purpose. He still had God. And I think sometimes our grief and our loss and our depression and all the things somehow confuse us and think we don't have God anymore. But he's still there. He's still with you. He still will find you in the heartache, in the heart pain, in the, all the things God will find you. And if we go back to our scripture in Luke, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and he's walking along this border between Samaria and Galilee. So he's in between destinations. And in the midst of that, he encounters these men who are outcasts. Why? Because they have leprosy. And back in that time, if you had leprosy, you was, you was cut out. I ain't talk to you. You got to get out the city. We don't mess with you. You out here. And it's funny that in between the cities, here are these 10 men just hanging out. They can't get to nobody, and nobody wants to get near them. But even in the midst of that, and we go back to the scripture, there we go. it says, as he entered a village, 10 men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and raised their voice saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were cleansed. I want you to write this first point down. God sees you when no one else does. Because see, these men were cast out. These men were, they, no, they had leprosy. You couldn't touch them. You couldn't be around them. Nobody really knew what to do with it. So that's where they were. And it's funny that they call it a village because they're outside of two cities. So these men have made basically their own village. So this, this is leprosy village. Might as well call it. And they just hanging out. Because they know, I got, I got this, you got this. Might as well hang out together. We can't, we already got it. 
So I can't give it back to you, right? So here they are, and off in the distance, they see Jesus. And they yell out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Notice they didn't ask for healing. Just have mercy on us. Show us you care. They first acknowledge him as Jesus, then they acknowledge him as Master. That's interesting to me because sometimes we don't get past Jesus. We, we, we are cool with him at salvation. We don't know him as master. We don't know him as Lord of our lives. But somehow these men in the distance saw him as both. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, what's interesting about that is at that time when you were cleansed of leprosy, you had to go to the priest to get approval to be let back in to the city because they have to examine you and make sure you're good and then they let you in. But Jesus tells them to go show yourselves to the priest. And I'm sure I'm wondering, like, we don't get much of a reaction or response of what they must have thought but they knew, okay, if I go to the priest, that means I'm, I'm getting checked out to get back in the city, get with my family. But I'm still, I still look like this. I'm not cleansed yet. So they had to take a step of faith to start walking. And it's so interesting that, that we into this culture that we have of, of celebrities and placing honor, I love how God values the least. It's, it's a thread throughout the Bible. He, he values the least of these, the least of us. And if we're really honest and truthful with ourselves, that's all of us. None of us are higher than or anything. We're all in the least. And, and what we see that even in this, these outcasts that God is still, Jesus is still with them. He still sees them. Because I'm pretty sure this is a typical route to get from Galilee to Jerusalem. People kept walking by them all the time. Oh, no, we can't talk to them. They got, they got leprosy. I can't. Mm-mm. We can't mess with them. Oh, no, no, don't talk to them, bro. You sure we don't? No, don't, don't mess with them, man. They, they, they unclean. Because that was the word. They even had to announce it. When you got too close. Unclean. Oh, yeah, we can't mess with that. Think about if you had to walk around and announce your sin. You had to announce your deficiency when people came by. You had to broadcast it. It wasn't bad enough that I could see it on you. Now you got to tell me exactly. Like, I think that's. Unclean, yeah, that's leprosy. That's what they got. I got a, I can't, can't, can't mess with them. But that is literally what they had to do. So you have people walking by them all the time. People that could have helped them, could have fed them, could have did something, could have threw them a, a biscuit. I mean, you, you ain't got to hand it to them. You could just toss it. Nothing. And here comes Jesus, and they call out to him. And that leads me to my second point. Faith is easy in a dark place. 
Faith is real easy in a dark place. Verse 14 again, when he saw them, he told them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were cleansed. Because he's standing there and calling out, they weren't healed. They had to take a step first. They had to start walking toward the priest. They had to go on their way before they started to be healed. And, and, and you think about that, it, it took a whole lot of faith to take that step. Because again, logically, I know, they knew, but I can't go until I'm healed. Can you heal me first and then I'll go? But that's not faith. That's, that's logic. That's trying to figure it out. So I'm sure one of them had to be like, you know what he's talking about, man? Like, he just telling us to go, but we still look like this. And then I wonder which one took the first step. And then the rest followed. I mean, I guess we all going now. And then they took the steps and they started to become healed. And I wonder how much faith do we have to take a step, to connect with Jesus, to meet him and call out and say, have mercy on us. And when he gives you the instruction, will you take the step? Or will you sit there and think about what was going to happen when I get there? What if Noah questioned the flood that took 100 years to come instead of just doing what God told him to do? How many times have God told you something and you questioned it? Am I the only one? You never questioned it? Like, I don't like, why would you... But, have, but in the same vein, who's taking the step without even asking? Which one's different? Feels different, don't it? It's still uncertainty. I don't know what's going to happen. Right? They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what, if I get there, are they still going to see a little leprosy on me? Like, is it going to be all gone? Like, what's going to happen when I get there? But they knew they had to take a step of faith. And he, God rewarded them by healing them. And that takes me to another uh, interesting point. And I mentioned it earlier, and I want you to write this down. The real gift is the healer, not the healing. Verse 15, but one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Did any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. And what's interesting is him being a Samaritan. So there's kind of a, he was kind of the low of the low. He not only had leprosy, but he wasn't even a Jew. He wasn't even Jewish. So when he tells them to go back to the priest, this one couldn't even do that. He was still an outcast even at that moment. But what I love about this particular story is that he realized that, wait a minute, I'm healed, but it's something more. I got I to gotta do something else. I, I, I got I to gotta thank the one who healed me. 
because while the other nine went away, they, they went back, and, and I'm sure in their mind, it was all about, I get to be back with my family. I get to be back in the city. I get access again. They were all consumed with the reward of healing. The blessing of the priest. I'm back. They may have not, they may have not seen their, their family for years. But the one said, wait a minute, I, I got to give thanks. Because he didn't even have to do what he did. He didn't have to show mercy on me. He didn't have to show grace to me. He didn't have to heal me. But I'm going to go back to him and I'm going to give thanks. And I'm not just going to say thank you. I'm going to get down on my face. And I'm going to worship him and I'm going to thank him for all that he just did. If he does nothing else, for me. That was enough for him. That was enough. And, and I love when Jesus asks a question because it's like you don't already know the answer, bro. Like, where did I not heal 10? I mean, you knew you healed 10. You were there. Right? Where are the nine? I'm sure you know where they are too. But it wasn't a question for discovery. It was a question for us to see where are the nine? And so I ask you again, where are you? Are you the one or are you the nine? Did you take the blessing and run? Or did you stop and give thanks? Because there was so much more that that one Samaritan got, and he's a foreigner. He didn't even understand fully all of what happened. But he still understood enough that I got to give thanks because you did something that was beyond my comprehension. You did something beyond my thought. You did something I wasn't expecting you to do. And he was made whole. See, they were all healed, but he was made whole. And I wonder today, I wonder even as we sit here and even as we think about giving thanks and talking about all the things we give thanks for, I wonder where are you in this journey? Again, it's a question that's continually going to be asked. What have you given God thanks for today? Or did you get into the hustle of coming to church and forgot? Because, see, that's the whole point of worship. It's giving thanks unto the Lord. It's giving God glory. But, see, when we have to pump and prime you to even give thanks in worship, what does that say about your thanksgiving when you're not here? Because you're, you're, some people just get it. They run with it. I love Landon. I love his worship. Because he, he just gets it. He does it. It's, it's, it's a non-negotiable thing for him. Why do, we, why do we try to negotiate God with worship? I mean, God, if I feel like it, I'll give it to you. If I, if, I, if I feel like you've done something for me this week, the fact that he got you here. And I know I'm a, I've said it four or five times, but I hope it, it clicked at least one of them times. The fact that you're here. The fact that you have breath. The fact that you have life. The fact that you will make it through the day. 
because some people won't. That's the harshest reality I feel like we've had in the last two years. Tomorrow is not promised. And I know that's Bible and I know that's cliche, but when you really think about it, the last two years has made it very clear. Tomorrow is not promised. Could you, could you survive another day without giving thanks? Could you just take a minute and give God thanks? I want you to think about what I want you to close your eyes for one second. And I want you to think about something you're thankful for. Because some of you may have done it already today and somebody may not have done it all week. But I'm going to give you a moment to think about something that you can be thankful for. I want you to think about something that God has done in your life that you can be thankful for. And then think about the last time you thanked him for that. Because see, we can get in the hustle and bustle of everything. We can get in the hustle and bustle of church and we can get into all the things. But unless we stop and give thanks, it's all for nothing. I want you to hold on to that. Now think of something else to be thankful for. Don't let your circumstance enter into your mind because it has a funny way of coming back. Don't let your issues, don't let your, your hate, don't let those things come back. Take a moment and think about, being, about something that God has done in your life. See, it's different when you can stop and just pause. Nobody's moving around. Nobody's doing anything else. There's nothing more important right now than giving him thanks. Because you don't need a band to give him thanks. You don't need a praise team to give him thank you. You don't need a pastor to tell you to give him thanks. Those things need to stop today. Can you give him thanks? Can you sit in the goodness of God? Can you be grateful? Because see, we could just run out of here and I can close it out and we can be done and we move on and be blessed. But God said, give him a moment. 
Give them a moment to be thankful. Your circumstance didn't change yet. The things you're dealing with didn't change yet. The issues you still might have didn't change yet. But you just exercise giving God thanks. Now watch what he does. Watch what he does. And I love Jesus because he gives us an example. In Matthew 14, Jesus says, they do not need to go away. You will give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Before Jesus fed the 5,000 or more, he gave thanks. He took a moment to say, thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. So before we ask God for something, before we take another moment to make the list, because we, we give God a list just like Christmas. We give him a whole list. He wants a list too. He wants a thank you list. Not a wish list, not a prayer list. He won't say, thank you list. What can you thank him for? What can you thank me for, says God, that I've already done for you? When's the last time you thanked him for giving his son? For your maybe. That there's so much more that we can be thankful for. There's so much more that we can tap into and understand if we just take the time and give God thanks. And even as I close out, I want you to understand something. I really want you to understand something that we've been talking about gratitude, but the Bible also talks about ingratitude. Because, see, we're designed to thrive when we're humble, moral, and thankful. But when we're arrogant, immoral, and ungrateful, we, we can't have fellowship with him. We're constantly reminded of that a grateful heart is a happy heart. Romans 1, 18-32 gives us detailed description of downfall of a person in society. And unthankfulness is listed with idolatry and every other kind of rebellion, including unthankfulness. Verse 21 says, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. How many people are walking around that know God but don't say thank you? They know who he is, but they don't say thank you. They don't acknowledge him. 
They don't glorify him. But yeah, I know him. But do you really know him? See, when we don't show gratitude, it, it, it's, it stifles our acknowledgement of him. And so when I think about those, those nine that, that were healed, how much more they missed because they went back to their, their life. They just went back. They were healed. Society accepted them. Back with their family. Their life was good. But what did they miss out on? What do we miss out on when we're not thankful? I was as I was praying about this message, there a song just popped up and and I hadn't heard the song in a while. But the song is just called Grateful. And that's all it says. Flowing from my heart. Grateful. 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 I'm gonna ask everybody to stand and close your eyes. Um, out here soon. But I want to give you a moment. The altar is open. If you just want to take more time to give him thanks. Because he just has to be a continual flow of our heart. It has to be a continual press of our minds, a continual press of our daily walk. And for some of us, we're going to have to build the practicality of giving him thanks in our daily walk. From the minute we wake up to the minute we go to sleep. Grateful. From the stress of the job to the stress of the home, grateful. From every circumstance to every situation, to every hindrance to every disaster, grateful through every pandemic, through every government shift, through every worldly situation, grateful. Can we be the one to show grateful? Can we be the one to say, God, thank you? If you do nothing else for me, thank you. If this is my last day on this earth, thank you. is if you say, you know what, God, I'm sorry. I haven't told you thank you enough. I've gotten so busy. I'm dealing with too much crap. And I've just forgotten 
the simplicity of saying thank you. That's you. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Because he still sees you. Just wants to connect with you. Father God, I just come before you today, Father, and I give you all the praise, Father. And I thank you for those that raised their hand, Father God, for those that have identified in their heart, Father God, that they have not said thank you enough to you. Bring them back to you, Father. Allow them to see the goodness that you've done. Allow them to see the things that you're doing in their lives, Father God. Allow them to see the breath in their lungs, Father God. Allow them to see all the things that you're, that you're bringing to them, Father God, that you're doing for them on their behalf, Father God. And restore in them, Father God, a culture of gratitude a culture of thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. And for anybody that's out here or listening online, and you say, you know what, I need to make the first step. Because Jesus gave his son for me. And I've been out here doing it my way. And, I, and it's time to give him the greatest thank you, which is my life. And if that's you, if you're online, let us know. If you're in this building, again, all eyes closed, heads bowed. But if that's you, and you say, I want to make the decision today to follow Jesus, you can raise your hand now. we don't do life alone so I'm going to ask everybody to repeat this after me Lord Jesus I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for saving me and answering my prayer. Amen. Amen. If that's